Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Okay, am I on? Here we go. Not quite sure what this headset is doing for my hair, but anyway, <laughs> I'm rocking it, rocking it this morning. Ladies, it's so wonderful to be here. It's so wonderful to host you. To all the new faces, it's wonderful to have you here. I'm really excited for what God's doing. Last night was incredible, wasn't it? It was amazing. Tess, what a powerhouse. Oh, my word. Tess, you have an incredible message for women. I don't know where you are, but anyway, I'm <laughs> looking for you. But you have such an, I think she's in the mom's room, such an incredible message for, for women to rise up into the more. You're amazing, my friend. Your worship. I just can't believe how when we first had you in our home and just some of the brokenness and I remember you even say, saying to me, I'm, I'm not in for this ministry thing, hey, I'm, I'm not doing this. And I look at you now and you are just so confident in him. He's called you to so much more, even more than what you're already doing. Well done, my friend. Yeah. Super proud of you. Um, yes, and I can just feel hearts being ignited this morning. I love worshiping with the girls. Isn't it amazing to hear the voices together? And um, I can just feel he's doing something so special here. And I'm really excited to share what God's laid on my heart this morning for you ladies. Um, I am Candice. Oh, I'm just checking if my picture's up. I am Candice, for those of you who don't know me. Um, my husband and I lead Life Changes Church, and um, we have three little boys, Judah, Ben, and Daniel. I don't know if that picture's up. Oh, there we go. The dab. That's the dab. Um, yes, and I know you're asking, gosh, do we wake up looking like that, you know, color-coded, and the answer is yes, we do. <laughs> um, so yeah, they are full of life, full of energy, keep us on our toes, keep us on our knees and pray, lots of tears, lots of laughter, it's loud, it's wild, it's crazy, it's a little messy, but it's beautiful, it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, we heard the call of God um, to move about five years ago to, uh, from Durban to Cape Town to take over um, Life Changes Church, and it's been an incredible journey. It really has. It's been a full-on adventure. Um, God has been so kind. He's been so faithful in this story and in this journey, and I just count it such a privilege to be here and to be a part of this, of this journey and this story. So this morning, I'm going to share on courage for the call of God. And, um, yeah, so if there's a title, Courage for the Call. I really felt God put courage, um, the word courage in my heart, not just for me personally at the beginning of the year, but I actually felt it for our ladies over this weekend. And I just want to start off by saying, what is the call of God? Actually, very simply, it's just the Father's will for our lives. It's very simple. It's, he has a will for us. It is good. In Romans, it talks about his will being good, pleasing, and perfect. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that run after their own desires and their own dreams and they're on their own missions. And they don't realize that there's a Father in heaven who has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for us. And so my prayer this morning is that God would remind you of the call that he has in your life. And that he wouldn't just leave you there, but he would give you courage for that call. So, everyone wants to be that girl that has courage, right? Right? We look at these girls that have courage and confidence and walk with their head held high and have their lives all in order and together. But um, it's more than just a personality trait, like I said last night. It's actually believing in a God who believes in you, who loves you, and it's actually just choosing to trust him. So, you know, um, I wouldn't call, necessarily call myself naturally courageous. 
I'm definitely more on the other side, <laughs> a little more fearful, a little more cautious. Um, I'm going to share a little story with you. My, my husband's very opposite to me, so he's fearless and uh, full of adventure, and gosh, uh, yeah, we like opposite, opposite pole ends apart, but um, it's been very interesting. And we were on our honeymoon in Thailand, beautiful beaches, um, beautiful flat blue sea, and we decided we're going to hire a jet ski, we're going to go for a little adventure on the jet ski. So I'm like, okay, I don't like speed. I don't like heights. I don't, you know, don't give me bungee jumping, skydiving, any of that. I'm just, I'm a cautious girl, okay? So we hire this jet ski, and I thought, oh, it's going to be a nice little ride into the sunset. So we go off, and Mark, what is wrong with guys? What is it with speed? They just go for it. I'm like, he is going so fast. I am very gently say to him, listen, please slow down. I'm feeling a little nervous. He's not listening. He's going faster. I'm now shouting in his ear, slow down. I'm so scared. I am now gripping my nails into his chest. I think I actually had some of his skin and my nails. He was not listening to me. The tears were just rolling down my cheeks. This is our honeymoon. I'm like, oh my Lord, what have I got myself into? (laughs) Eventually he said, okay, you take the reins and I'm crying like driving this jet ski back, (laughs) all the way back. But anyway, so that's just a little story about how different we are. So yes, courage is more than just a personality trait. It's believing in this amazing God and believing that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and he has chosen us, and he has a call on our lives, and choosing to trust him. One can't avoid it. Every life demands courage. No life is lived to the full where courage isn't part of her story. Whether it's stepping into a new career, whether it's um, going for that interview or uh, courage facing stepping into a new relationship, maybe it's courage facing sickness every day. Perhaps it's courage raising children in this world. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to do something in the face of fear. I think Crystal shared with me this morning, I love that, we're having coffee, and she said, how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, my stomach's, you know, I always get a bit nervous, and my stomach's in a bit of a knot, and she said to me, no, Joyce Meyer has this quote, that when you're scared to do something, just do it scared, just do it scared and own it, so that's what I'm doing, I'm doing it scared, standing up here, okay, so... (laughs) um, Got another story for you. Um, we, Mark and I, before we were, had kids, newly married, we were in the Berg, um, Drakensberg and Natal, and we decided to do this hike. It's called the amphitheater hike. I don't know if you've heard of it. Got these beautiful, incredible views of this amphitheater as you climb up this mountain. But um, what we had to do was hike up the back end of this mountain, and eventually he did mention there's a chain ladder. He did not mention to me it was 20 meters. Is it 20 meters? 20 meters long, right at the top of the mountain on this steep cliff. Now, you know me, I'm not, I'm scared of heights, okay? So anyway, I'm like, okay, I can do this. And we're walking and I'm like, come on, okay, I can do this, can do this. And um, yeah, anyway, I'm starting to get a little more nervous as we're walking, as we're climbing this mountain. Then we eventually get there to this cliff face and I'm looking at this chain ladder and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And anyway, so I've I just took the first step. I'm climbing this chain ladder. I am shaking. And every step I take, my heart is just pounding much harder and stronger. My hands are getting a little bit more sweaty. I'm like getting a little bit dizzy now. I'm looking down. There is such vertigo. I feel like I'm going to fall off this chain ladder. And um, (laughs) fear, I am just riddled with fear. And uh, Mark says to me, he even lies to me and says, 
that his, even his grandmother has climbed this chain ladder. His whole family has climbed this chain ladder. So I'm like, you know, so naive and innocent and trusting. I'm like, really? Okay. Gosh, what's wrong with me? I can do this. If his grand can do this, I can do this. Anyway, so I'm like crying. The tears are streaming down my face. And I'm like, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm frozen halfway. I cannot do this. Can't come down. Can't go up. Mark says, listen, there's another chain ladder there. There's a bit of a more of a rickety old kind of, it's one that kind of sways. It's not, it's not connected to the, the mountain. It's a little bit more, you know, it sways in the wind. And he's like, I will climb up next to you and I will encourage you all the way to the top. So he did that and he encouraged me every, encouraged me every step I took. And eventually I got to the top and I think I just kissed the ground. I was so grateful to be at the top. But the views from the top was unbelievable. We spent, I think, about two hours up there. It was just this beautiful amphitheater view. I think it's the start of the Tugela, Tugela River. And you can see the coastline. It is absolutely stunning. It's just, we spent like two hours up there. So beautiful. And I just thought, how many amphitheater views are there in life that we're missing due to fear? And actually, the enemy likes to hold us back by using fear and keeping us small, doesn't he? And we need to be that girl that climbs that mountain and sees the views that he has for us and the call that he has for us. Okay, so we have to choose courage. Perhaps it's courage to get out of bed in the morning. Perhaps it's courage to have a tough conversation with your husband. Or perhaps it's courage, you've heard God speak to have another child, and it doesn't make sense because finances don't make sense, but he's told you and he's spoken to have another child. We have to choose courage. God brings the possibilities of heaven, but we choose courage. We bring courage and faith. Courage is founded and rooted in a God who is faithful and true. I look over this room this morning, and there's so much potential here. I look at different faces. I look at different backgrounds. Um, I know some of your stories. There's incredible gift sets, incredible, um, you know, there's just so much potential. But potential will stop dead in its tracks if one doesn't believe in this awesome God. And if one doesn't believe that he's created you beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully, and he has incredible purpose and destiny over your life. In, um, I love the Passion Translation. I don't know if any of you ladies have been reading Passion Translation. It's beautiful. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, I think I've got it up on the screen. There we go. For it is, oh wait, what is that? Okay, it's Ephesians 2 verse 8, the Passion Translation. I'm not sure if that's the right one. Anyway, even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Isn't that amazing? He planned in advance our destinies. He's planned in advance your destinies. And he's, he's planned in advance the works that we would do to fulfill it. My prayer this morning is that you'd be reminded first and foremost of your worth and value and that, as his daughters and that he loves you so much and that he would speak to you again and remind you of the call and destiny of your life. So I'd love to share some of my journey um, in terms of stepping into this call of ministry. And I, I can't say that being a pastor's wife was top of my list. It wasn't what I really was planning to do. <laughs> it, was, it actually scared me a lot. Um, being alongside my husband, leading local church in the spotlight in leadership really, really scared me. But God has taken me on an incredible journey and has released me of so much fear. I think I've shared some of my story with you ladies. But um, there was a moment in uh, one of the ladies' conferences when I felt, first felt the call of, call of God 
for Mark and I to come to Cape Town and to lead church, and I was so scared. Fear was just holding me back. I didn't want it. I was I just there was just so much self doubt, and and there was a moment where it was a Holy Spirit moment where I felt the Spirit of God come on me, and I, I must have looked a bit ridiculous, but I, the power of God was like an energy bolt over my body, and I was just running on the spot running, like I couldn't stop running. I was screaming and shouting and running, and it was a divine moment. It wasn't just for that moment. It was like God saying, my girl, I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the courage. I'm going to give you the energy and the capacity and um, the stamina to do this thing. I've called you to this, and that has held me. I keep thinking of that. God keeps reminding me of that moment, and um, it just gives me courage. So, Yeah, I just, I really hope that God's going to put courage in your hearts this morning to follow him wholeheartedly into your, into your cause and that fear is not going to hold you back from seeing the amphitheater views that he has for your life. The enemy shouts at all of us. He says things like, you're not good enough. There's someone else. You're on your own. Um, You're broken. You're bruised. God's not going to use you. And the problem is we start believing that, don't we? And I want to remind you that God validates you. He accepts you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. He gave up his life for you, girls. He loves you so much. And I'm reminded of the father speaking over his son, Jesus, as Jesus was baptized and he he got up out of the water and this resounding voice from heaven was speaking over his son. And this is before Jesus started his ministry. And he said, this is my son whom I love. With her, I am well pleased. And I believe the father is saying over his daughters, over us this morning, this is my girl whom I love. With her, I am well pleased. This is Bev, who I love. With her, I am well pleased. This is, this is Kelly, who I love. With her, I am well pleased. This is Veronica, who I love. With her, I am well pleased. And we have been brought into this incredible family of royalty. We are his daughters. We, are, we have given a new identity we are accepted, we are approved by him, only because of him. And perhaps you haven't accepted Christ into your life yet. Perhaps you still need to make that decision. Or perhaps you've been a Christian for many, many years. I just really believe he's reminding you again of his love for you, this relentless, reckless love. I love the gospel. It's so freeing, it's so liberating. It's so powerful and simple, and it goes beyond our limitations, and it goes beyond ourselves. It just takes us out of our own little bubbles, doesn't it? It's beautiful. And God has to remind me over and over again of his grace and continually bring me to a place where I see him again, and I'm reminded of who I am, and I experience his love and his grace. I'm just going back to that same scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 8. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love, 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 love this scripture, because it just reminds me that this is a grace gift. It's undeserved, it's unearned, girls. It's only through faith, it's only through believing in him. And actually, we work out the salvation and we work out our call. He talks about grace first and our identity, and then he talks about the works that he's called us to. So we work from a place of approval, not for his approval, right? Okay? Isn't that beautiful? It's so liberating. When we understand grace, we will stop focusing on our limitations, 
but we will focus on what we've been called to do. Let's get on with the mission. So I'm just going to quickly leave you with three things that we can take a hold of and and that we can take on if we want to see these amphitheater views in our life, if we want to see this adventure that he has for us. And the first one is your call, our call. Everyone has a call of God over their lives, and it looks uniquely different, and it demands courage. I love Joshua 1, where God commands Joshua to take over the leadership of Moses. It's this young man who's been under Moses' leadership, and he's been called and commissioned by God to lead his people and to to inherit the land. And um, let's just read it. God says to him, he needs to be strong and courageous. And he repeats it three times, be strong and courageous. In Joshua 1 verse 9, He says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. What has God commanded you, ladies? There are times in our life where he commissions us and he calls us. What is his call over your life? What has he spoken over you? When he he speaks to us and he commands us, we can choose fear or we can choose courage and we can choose to believe him. What are you going to choose? I love that the scripture comes with a promise, the promise of his presence, and I will be with you wherever you go. I love that. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. And I can be courageous, and I can be confident only because my God is with me every step of the way. God wants courageous daughters who will step into their full purpose. And it's not only for ourselves, girls. That would be sad, wouldn't it? It's not for ourselves. It's not to make ourselves look better or feel better. He wants us um, to step into our full purpose for a dying and broken world, for a world that doesn't know hope, that doesn't have hope, to be his hands and feet, to share his love and his mercy and his grace wherever he's called us. I love Isaiah 49. It speaks about us being polished arrows in his hands, in the warrior's hands. Isn't that beautiful? And I'm just going to read a little um, passage out of uh, Charles Spurgeon's book. And he speaks about the scripture, about these arrows. And he says, we are weapons in the warrior's hands. We are like arrows of the Lord, which he shoots at his enemies. His hand of power is so great. We, his instruments, are so little that he hides us away in the hollow of his hand, unseen until he shoots us forth. God only works with those who are in his hand. Isn't that beautiful? I want to be found in the hand of the most high God. I want to be found in the shadow of his hand. I want to be a polished arrow in his hand. He is great. I am little. And I want, I want to be ready for when he wants to shoot me out. And it's his timing, hey? It's not our timing. He knows the timing. Let's be found in his hands as his polished arrows. So that's your call. And then the second one is your field. So the Bible uses the field analogy quite a lot, you know, um, being fruitful and plowing uh, fields to be plowed. In 2 Corinthians 10, 13, It says, we, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service or the field God himself has assigned to us. I love that. God has given us each a unique field. He has given us each a unique sphere of influence or sphere of service to operate in. And these, these fields can be people, they can be resources, skills, they can be places. And um, we can only operate in the sphere of service that God has given us and, and assigned to us. And we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to others because God has given us a lane to run in. And we better be running in that lane with everything we've got and with everything he's given us, right? 
So um, we can lose the limitations of living up to anyone else's expectations when we are living in our own sphere of influence. What lane are you running in? What field has he assigned to you? What sphere of influence has he given you? What is in your hands now? Is it running your own business? Is it a classroom of kids? Is it raising a family? Working closely with colleagues who are yet to believe? Is it giving financially or giving of your talents or your time? Serving? What is it, girls? What, what has he given you? What has he called you to? Um, <laughs> I was given um, an assi- two assigned fields. It were these big um, pallet boxes, garden boxes. <laughs> so I was just thinking, actually, God gave me a field. And it hasn't been very fruitful. I had all intention of, um, yeah, growing herbs and vegetables. And um, Sharon, where are you? You helped me a lot, but it didn't, yeah. There were times where it was fruitful and it was beautiful. And I had this wonderful idea of, you know, just picking the vegetables and the herbs for dinner and, you know, being this domestic goddess. But uh, I've had moments where I've had, it's been fruitful. And there's, yeah, more than not, it hasn't really worked out very well. Um, so I can't say that that field is working out well for me. Maybe God's got some others. But what are the fields that he's given you, ladies? So that's our field. That's our call, our field. And the third one is your portion. We have also been given a portion of grace to run in these um, assigned fields or spheres of influence. I love Ephesians 4, 7. It says, but to each of us, uh, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. God has given each one of us a measure of grace to fulfill his purpose in our lives. He has given us that measure of grace, and it looks different for each of us. We've been given unique gifts and abilities which are individually matched to our own unique purpose in life. Be faithful. That's the key. Be faithful with the measure God has given you. Be faithful with the portion of grace he has given you. You know, I drop off Daniel in the mornings at um, preschool here at school, and I look at some of these preschool teachers and they've got like 20 kids in a class, and they are wiping bums and wiping snotty noses, and I'm like, sure, Lord, you haven't given me a grace portion for that, I don't think. But for them, it comes so easily. You know, I look at ladies that are running incredible businesses and under high demand, you know, there's high demand jobs and high pressure and overseeing hectic budgets and hectic schedules, and I'm like, wow, I'd probably crumble under that. But yet they seem to flourish and thrive under that stress and that pressure. And, um, but there's a grace portion for me, and it's to sit with the broken and the bruised, and it's to hear their stories, and it's to minister the gospel and Jesus. What is your grace portion? What is the measure of grace he's given you? So just to end off with, I've got three encouragements to give you. I want to leave you with three points on how to be that girl that has courage to step into all that he's given you and step into the call that he's given you. The first one, courage to hear him. We have to open our, our hearts and ears again to hear him. We have to quieten the loud, screaming voices that scream at us a million times a day. We have to choose to sit at Jesus' feet again, like Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet and listen. Yeah. When last did you take time to listen and sit at Jesus' feet? When last did you ask him anything and take time to listen? We're so busy. We get so busy like Martha, hey? We do that really well, us ladies. Martha running around doing things. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen what is right. I love that. Let's choose to sit at his feet. Let's choose intimacy so that we can recognize his voice and recognize when he's speaking to him. I love the story of Mary Magdalene, who was the first one to see the resurrected Christ. Whoop, whoop, to the ladies. 
a lady to see the first, to see Jesus risen again. It was a woman, not a man. Okay, thank you, Jesus. And um, I just love this because she didn't recognize Jesus at first, and she thought she was speaking to the gardener, and he's talking to her, and then he says, Mary, he says her name, and she recognized that because she was close to him, and she turned toward him, and she said, Rabbi, teacher, and I love that. Let's choose intimacy, because when we're close to him, we'll hear him, right? Okay. All right. I know that I know that this is where I need to be. I know that I know that this is where God has called me because he has spoken. I know that I need to be here in Cape Town, in Tableview, at this time, alongside my husband, leading Life Changes Church, because he has spoken, and he has spoken in various ways. But um, I know that I have his support. I have his favor. I have the resources because I'm in the center of his will for my life. It hasn't always been comfortable. I've often felt overwhelmed. I've had to battle thoughts of inadequacy at times in ministry. Um, You know, things like, am I a good enough speaker? Do I have enough leadership and influence on my life? Am I going to be able to handle all the emotional roller coaster of ministry? Am I strong enough? You know, all these things that run in our heads. But, um, you know, I know that he has called me. And I am so confident in that. I'm confident in him. And that's what grounds me. That's what holds me. In those moments of insecurity and not sure and self-doubt, his call holds me. So let's be that girl that hears our Lord speaking. The next one. So courage to believe him. It's one thing hearing God speak to us, but it's another thing to actually believe him. And um, I love the story. It's of yet another Mary. So if there's Marys here, I think God's calling you out, girl. God's calling you out. He's highlighting you. So if your name's Mary, he's, he's, his spotlight is on you. There's, um, but this time it's of the young Virgin Mary. And um, the fear that she must have faced when the angel of the Lord came to her and commissioned her and told her her destiny. Can you imagine? He said that she is going to be the one that's going to fall pregnant and she's going to give birth to this Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Can you imagine the courage she had to have to believe what was spoken over her. And I love her response. Let's read it in Luke 1, 38. It says, she said, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. Let's be that girl that says that I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said, Lord. Not what anyone else has said or not what anyone else has thought, what you have said. And later on in verse 45, it says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill her, uh, would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is her who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Are you choosing to believe what he has spoken of you? Are you choosing to believe his promises over your life? Growing up, I wasn't the most confident kid <laughs> in school. I was quite insecure and very shy, very introvert. Um, I didn't lead teams. I didn't enjoy leadership. I wasn't a prefect, anything like that. And um, I definitely would veer more towards the background and didn't like being in the spotlight. Uh, I was very good at being a part of teams. Tell me what to do and I will give me the instructions and I'll give it all that I've got. And I'm, I'm a great team player. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. So stepping into ministry and stepping into leadership has been a huge, it's been a journey. It really, really has. It hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy all the time. Um. Yeah, 
But somehow, God has had other plans. His plans are not our plans. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And he's led me on this incredible journey of ministry and leadership. I've had to really have courage. I've had to choose courage to believe in his call over my life. Um, despite my personal preference, despite me not wanting to always speak in front of people, I've had to choose to believe him. I've heard his call, and I believe his word. His power is made perfect in weakness. His power is made perfect in weakness. He calls us out of our comfort zones. He calls us beyond our own abilities, right? Our own personalities. And he gives, he gives us this apportioned grace for the call. So what has God spoken over your life? What promises has he given you? Are we still believing him for that? And um, his word is higher. It's the higher truth. Because it's higher than how you feel. It's higher than your personality. It's higher than your comfort zones. His word is the highest truth. Let's rise up and be that girl who chooses courage to believe in what he has said. The third one. Sorry, how am I doing with time? I haven't actually been checking. Okay. The third one. Courage to obey him. So it's courage not only to, to hear him, not only to believe in what he said over us, but actually courage to do what he has said and to step out. I couldn't find another Mary for this one. Sorry, girls. So um, this is a, an example of a guy, and this guy is Peter. And I love the story. It's where Peter was fishing the whole night. He was fishing and found nothing, not even one fish, the whole night. He was exhausted. And the very next morning, Jesus steps into the boat and says to him, just pull out to deep water and throw your net on the other side. And you can imagine, I mean, Peter must have been exhausted. He must have felt like he just wants to get home to maybe his wife, his family. He's probably hungry and thinking, who is this Jesus telling me, you know, what to do? Like, why, why would I do that? I've, I've fished the whole night and got nothing. But I love his response. In Luke 5, verse 5, he says, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. I love that. Because you say so, I will. Because you say so, Lord, I will. And um, God really used this passage of Scripture um, to um, yeah, just build faith in me again. I was struggling with a lot of back, chronic back pain for a very, very long time. And uh, I hadn't felt God heal me, hadn't, and I know he's a healing God. I've seen him heal in my own life. I've seen him heal in other people's lives. I've seen, I've witnessed this Jehovah Rapha, our God who heals. And yet he hadn't done healing in my, in my back. And I remember just being so challenged by God the one day because my faith started coming a bit small. I, was, I used to be the first one up laying hands on the sick, have such faith for healing, would be the first one up to pray for the sick. But slowly but surely, that faith was just like getting a little bit smaller, and I was just stepping back and not praying for people. But it was, yeah, just I hadn't seen God heal my back. And I just felt God say, and, and just highlight the scripture, it doesn't always have to make sense. We're not responsible for the outcome. We just, our responsibility is to be obedient. Yeah. And God said, my girl, I've called you to pray. I've called you to lay hands on the sick. I've called you to have faith despite the outcome. Yeah. I'm in charge of that, not you. It's not your responsibility. You just need to listen yeah. and be obedient. And so faith just started rising up again to pray again for the sick. It's just a small example. But um, I want to be that girl that says yes to whatever he asks. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it goes beyond my, my personality and my comfort zones, I want to say yes. 
because he's God and I trust him and he's good and he's faithful. And um, in, when there's a thousand no's that are shouting at me, I don't care. I want to be in the center of his will. I want to say yes. Let's be that girl that has confidence to say yes and obey. Okay, so an ending. I want to be that girl that opens her ears and takes time to hear him. I want to be that girl that has courage to believe what he has spoken, despite circumstances. I want to be that girl that says yes, that takes that one step of obedience, even when it doesn't make sense. He's giving us courage this morning, ladies. He's giving you courage for the call that he has for you. He's giving you courage for the assigned unique fields that he's given you and spheres of influence for each of you. He's given you a grace portion to fulfill that and run into that. Let's be all he's created us to be. Let's change lives and families. Let's change communities and cities and, dare I even say, nations. Come on. So I just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I pray for us? Can I ask you to stand?